Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social where town fans have their say on all things town. And well, the wait continues for town's first win of the season, but I'm joined by four fine gentlemen as we talk about the challenge defeat, look ahead to MK Dons and also talk about meeting some of the guys for the first time in person, which was very nice indeed. First, the man uh, joining us this week is, we've got two Marks. So firstly, we have Mark Wakeley, the Welsh other uh, sweet Welsh prince, um, who I met in person for the first time at Chowdham. Also, his son as well, and his dad. So, um, met all yep. the family, Mark. How are you, and um, how was it back, being back at a town game? Fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Um, I was saying the last time my father and I went to a town match was uh, an FA Cup game against Aston Villa. Um, and I took my nephew, Tom, who's now 24. Uh, my father and my nephew were sat with the Villa, with, a, with the away fans, sorry. I couldn't get a ticket to sit with the away fans. So I sat with the Villa fans, which I thought was fine, nearest to the away fans, not a problem. However, Michael Chopra broke through in the first half as if he was being chased by a debt collector. Scored a fantastic goal. I jumped up in overexcitement and, 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 and you know, did my usual thing. And several um, Aston Villa fans threatened to do something, which I think is possibly anatomically impossible to me, and told me to shut up for the rest of the game. So we haven't been to a game together since. So it was nice to go. And um, we managed to stay. Um, we were with, actually with the home fans because, uh, again, we couldn't get away tickets because they'd all gone. And, and I kept quiet for the whole game. Uh, which is really hard. I held my son's hand every time anything exciting happened. And then when Cheltenham scored the second goal, the bloke to my left, quite a big bloke, swore. And I said, are you a town fan? And he said, yeah, 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 I'm a town fan. I said, well, so am I. He said, oh, bloody hell. No idea. <laughs> but it was lovely to be back. Disappointing performance, disappointing result. But yeah, great to be at a game again and looking forward to getting to Portman Road in a few weeks for another. Love it. And um, it's great to have you making your debut. Will you yeah, score in your debut? You. Yeah, there we go. Well, You've got another Mark joining you this week, and it is good old Mark Beck. You may have heard his name a few times on the main pod. You may have seen him on game day. Um, he's got a new trademark, which I'm sure he needs some royalties for. But Mark, it's a pleasure to have you back. I know you're under the, under the weather a little bit, but um, we've got Paul Cook 2.0 in this as well. Yeah, I think so, mate. Um, I'm going to have to... I've got my good old brewski here. Um, Americano, keep me going. Um yeah, kind of like a Sean Dyche, uh, Paul Cook love child at the minute. I'd happily have both as a stepdad. I think that'd be a right laugh, to be honest. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll try my best to keep going. That 3am uh, return home from Cheltenham has probably not stood me in very good stead, but I'll try and keep going as long as my voice allows. Yes, my friend. And I've seen that you've been muting your mic while you've been coughing, so I very yeah. much appreciate that. But um, once again, it was great seeing you in person. You, you and Mike have got a very good bromance happening there. Yeah, have. there. So I love it. Yeah, we keep it going. He's a good old boy, Mike. He just needs to be a bit more positive. But you wait for that first win when it comes. I'm sure you'll see the happiest side of Mike. He'll be giving us some fist pumps and all that. Um, although, well. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Um, and up next, joining us is good old Bloomers, a man that I met in person for the very first time. It probably made my week. Um, is that a sad thing to say? I don't think it is because it was great to see him in person. Um, Bloomers, thank you very much for joining us as ever. Um, how are you doing? And um, you've been smashing some uh, chicken nuggets off since um, starting recording. Your mic's moving, my friend. Your mic is moving, my friend. Good start, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. I think the feeling's mutual, Ross, um, to be honest. And uh, yes, I wasn't going to tell the uh, listening 
public that I was having chicken McNuggets right now, but you've kind of ruined that. Um, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, I was going to say two things. One, um, remind me to speak about the story I had for the Villa away game that I was at the same time as Mark. I believe it's 2012-13. That was my first year at uni. So there's, there's a good story behind that. It and then also... Right? And then also remind me of uh, telling you my fable of the Cheltenham game on Tuesday night after I met you because I had a fantastic uh, Airbnb experience featuring an old woman and six cats. So we'll come back to that in 10 minutes' time. Okay. Okay. I want to hear it now, really, but we'll, we'll get into it when we talk <laughs> d- deep dive into Cheltenham. Um, but no, it was very nice seeing you. We, we did embrace, didn't we? A nice little hug. Um, I am a hug person. Very manly. So, yeah, very, yeah. very, very strong hug. Very eight, eight out of ten on the um, firmness scale. Yes, certainly. I'm sorry we didn't do the same, Mark um, Wakely. Uh, Wakers, Wakers is going to be the name. Um, I felt yeah. it wasn't. I don't know. It, it wasn't. I didn't feel like it was the moment for us. I think a nice handshake was it. I think it's, no, it's not appropriate on a first date, Ross. Definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. So yeah, in, in due course, I'm sure we'll all move yeah. into the second base and all that sort of stuff. Um, but anyway, before we get carried away, let's get bring in the final man that are joining us. Um, he is currently donning an Itchers Town hat and he's been having some Wi-Fi issues, but I think he's finally with us this week. He's got notes from previous pods, but Brad is back. Brad, welcome back to the show. Hello there. I'm here to talk about the pre-season defeat against Crystal Palace. Um, <laughs> absolutely buzzing to be back on. Uh, praying my connection holds out. And, uh, yeah, last out the tunnel on the pod. Um, just wave for the family up to the left and uh, looking forward to the next hour or so. Let's do this. Let's do this. Um, sadly, we're not talking about the first win of the season. A long trip on a Tuesday night to Cheltenham. Um, normally, you want to mix it up with uh, the Cheltenham races, but um, that didn't happen. Um my first experience of Cheltenham away, um, nice little ground. But um, Mark, Wakers, um, let's get into the crux of the game. 2-1 defeat, no win on the board as of yet. But what are your main takeaways from the defeat? And um, I'm sure it was great just being back at a game as well. Yeah, yeah. Started well, looked promising. First 15, 20 minutes, we looked quite sharp. Edwards was extremely lively. He looks a, he looks a real player. Uh, terrific strike from Penny. I thought at that point we were going to go on, score a second, and then I, I thought that we would have this game wrapped up comfortably by half-time. If Bond had scored uh, the second goal, I think it would have been a very, very different game. However, he didn't. God knows how he didn't, because um, it looked harder to, to miss than it did to, to score, and he, and he managed to do it. But anyway... Um, that aside, just second half, Cheltenham came back into the game. They they bullied us, they pressed us, they harried us. The long throw, the long ball, um, they put us under under great pressure, which we succumbed to in the end. And um, I have to say, once they gained momentum in the second half, I only saw it really going one way, and that was a Cheltenham win. Disappointed overall because I think you know we we should have come away from that game with a with three points. Um, but but we didn't. We were physically battered and bullied by a, by a bigger, stronger side. They're very well organised, Cheltenham. They play to their strengths. They play it long. They've got a 35-year-old centre-half who's built like a brick outhouse. He certainly is one of the, the hairy-ass brigade. And he, he won everything in both boxes, to be honest. Um, I don't, you know, lots of things to take from the game. I was disappointed that the midfield didn't get hold of the game. Our lack of width was irritating. The fact that neither of our full-backs really pressed on and, and went for it when... You know, there was space ahead of them to run into and get early crosses in. Um, very frustrated second half. Edwards didn't get enough of the ball. Um, all in all, they looked like, you know, a, a team of 11 players who, who who barely met each other, let alone played together before. You know, I mean, I could hear from where we were in the first half, Burgess talking to Woodgate, uh, sorry, to, 
uh, to, uh, to Wolford at the back and sort of telling me what to do and where to go. And it was literally, you know, I, I swear to God, they'd never met before. You know, they were literally telling each other, I want it there. You want to go there. You want to be there. Come here. You know, that kind of stuff. They'd obviously not trained together before. And that was obvious. So, you know, it is what it is at the moment. Very disappointing. I mean, Cheltenham is a tiny little ground, 4,000 fans there and a thousand of them were ours. You know, really, it, it's um, it, it's depressing really to see how, how low we sunk. You know, it, the fact that, you know, we're coming away from a, a defeat from a tiny little ground like that, really. And, and, and we were bossed second half. Yeah, very, very disappointing. And um, Mark Beck, uh, Beckers, Skid, all those different um, nicknames. We'll, we'll, we'll think of a better one for you very soon. But uh, what's your main takeaway from the game? You're in the away end. Um, has it ever been a game that you've walked away from? Um, is that your first experience at Cheltenham as well? It was, yeah. Um, I haven't been to the races. I'm like... Bloomers is our sort of resident horse racing expert, I believe. Um, but no, I think I, I wasn't as disappointed as, as quite a few around me. I think I saw enough there, as I have in all the games. It's just been frustrating that we haven't got the result that we probably deserved from. Certainly, I think three of the halves of football have been very good. It's been the other halves which have let us down, which have been sort of poor to average. Um, in terms of results, hang on, get me old catchphrase out. We'll get the... Uh, <laughs> a few pennies in that pot, I think, uh, the amount of times that's been used recently. But um, they weren't exceptional results, these three games that we've had in the league so far. But it's understandable. And as Mark was alluding to, I think, you know, a lot of these players haven't played together. They've not spent a lot of time together. And I think now that we're getting sort of more into the meat and, and gravy of the season, I think the next couple of weeks will be telling because I think we've got no midweek games. So there'll be more time on the training ground, more time to get bonding and working together. Um, as for the performance itself, I think first half was terrific. Um, really varied how we attacked, I think, as well. There's times where we weren't afraid to go long, playing the ball into Piggott, obviously. We'll talk about the Macaulay Bond chance, I'm sure. Um, you know, Carl Edwards, absolutely dynamite. There's times where we were counting really swiftly, which I think is something we haven't seen very often as town fans. I think a lot of the time we break on the counter and it's trying to, like, trying to push cement up a hill sometimes but we we're breaking really quickly and I think we could have capitalised on a few opportunities there um, but yeah I think as Mark said the second half sort of let us down I think Cheltenham deserve a bit of credit I think they realised that Edwards was such an outlet I think the term unplayable gets bounded about but I think it is probably he, he was and he's probably one of the best halves I've seen for a town player or, or any player against us really probably since the days of sort of Jamal Campbell-Rice or Giovanni de Santos really Um Let's hope he can keep that up anyway. But yeah, second half, it, it was it does seem a little bit inevitable that that those goals were gonna come. Say what you will about the throw ins, but it's bloody effective. Um I felt we dealt with them quite well, a few shaky moments in the first half, but I think it was telling that the crowd was starting to realise that we were struggling a little bit. A few of them players who haven't played together, maybe not communicating the best. I think Penny got caught under the ball for the first goal. Very good header, a few people digging out Ladkey. I thought it was a bloody good header, to be fair. Second goal was a bit of a scramble. Maybe Bond could have done a bit better to clear it. But there you go. And I think we're still a little bit short in terms of, of injuries. I think we're about six or seven players who maybe aren't quite there yet. That's the, why the likes of Jackson and uh, Louis Barry maybe coming on. And, you know, that's not really what we needed, but that's all we had, unfortunately. And, yeah, it's just been frustrating. Um but I'm I'm really pleased with some football we have played. It's just the silly little mistakes that have, have cost us. And ultimately, goals change games. We've conceded 
goals at the wrong time and that's halted all the momentum we've had in the game. And yeah, that's got to stop, really. Definitely. And um, Bloomers, um, you were very much, um, I know you were going to rant and rave after the game for game day, but you, you were able to keep it in. Um, but now your time to have the floor. Uh, you've had time to, of course, reflect on the result. Um, what's your main takeaways from this defeat? Yeah, well, I only kept it in because we did about five takes in the first four when we swearing. So um, that was good. And also, <laughs> and also uh, Mark Beck's in my top five of uh, Kings of Anglia people of all time now because, one, he's referenced Jamal Campbell-Rice and two, um, <laughs> and, and, and two he also mentioned... Uh, I, can't I can't remember the reason why he's in my top five, but Mark, you've done very well. So well done for that. Um, I think the Jamal Camerice thing has already taken my breath away. Um, to be honest, I think uh, as much as I agree with most of what the two marks have said in their post-game analysis, and I think a lot of what they've said has been quite fair, I also think they're being quite generous because as much of what they've said is, is true, there's not a lot of uh, negativity there. And I've got to be honest, there's quite a lot that they could have said that they didn't or they might not have thought is true, but I think it's true, so I'm going to say it. Um, um, firstly, absolutely, the first 60 minutes, fantastic. Good away performance. Um, looks comfortable on the ball. There's a few scary moments. The third minute, we nearly conceded thanks to a long throw, and that should have been a warning sign because the uh, – I can't remember who the geezer was, but uh, he, he fired over from about three well, – not three yards, about nine yards unmarked. It could easily have gone in, and then all of a sudden it's a different game. Um, but we got away from that, sort of put our foot on the game. That's quite assured. Penny scored, very good goal. Well done from him. Um, Edwards and Harper both caught the eye, Edwards especially. Fantastic debut. Um, excuse me, uh, looked very good and uh, certainly did a lot of things that caught the eye. But in the second half, from about 60 minutes onwards, you got the well, I say you, Ipswich Town fans that are listening to this and, and you guys on the podcast got the feeling, oh, this is only going to go one way. And it went the way we exactly thought it was going to go. And sat back a little bit. Cheltenham tweaked their uh, tweaked their game plan, if you like. Um, before the 60-minute uh, mark, they kind of did a little pretense as if they were going to play something other than this is our long throw. We're going to get our six-foot-four boys in the box. Before that, they, they kind of try to fake us out a bit. After the 60-minute mark, it was literally right. Get all the boys up, create havoc, get a knockdown, score. And you know what? It worked twice, and they scored. I know one of them was from um, a recycled ball back in the box, but it, it kind of rings true uh, uh, twice over. And it, it it's not good. Put it this way. Six goals conceded in three games in the league is not good, it's not good viewing. Do you know what I mean? Um what I really, really, really don't like is, A, there was nothing that I saw in that terraces on Tuesday night that made me think, right, some geezer is going to come and organise us and sort out what the deficiency is. Because everyone and their mother could see in that away end, right, we're getting bullied a little bit here. We need someone to get take the game on the scruff of the neck, sort us out, nothing flashy, just Jason, uh, Jason DeVos in 2007. Get the get the ball, kick it out. Don't do anything fancy. Just calm head, big bugger, sort it out. And there was nothing like that. 
And also, the other thing I really, really, really didn't like, and I didn't actually touch on it when uh, we had a little interview, maybe I was a little bit too pepped up to uh, to say what I was thinking, is on 70 minutes, or not even 70 minutes, 60 minutes, um, it's clear to see, China have, li- have tweaked their game plan a little bit, and they're going to try and do what they're going to do to get the win. And there was, there's nothing against the rules to try and do what they did. Like, it, it's, a, it's a valid way of winning a football match. Paul Kirk... Did nothing, did nothing, did nothing, did nothing. Got to the 89th minute and he's made two subs and we're 2-1 down. I mean, it's almost... I, I'm sure he didn't do this, so take this with a hint of sarcasm of anyone that's listening and don't come for me. It's almost like he's gone to Liam Richardson in 70 minutes, turned around, realised Liam Richardson is not there and gone, oh, I need to make a decision here and didn't make one until the 88th minute until we're 2-1 down. It, it doesn't ring very well for an experienced manager to just let a game slip away. And by and make no mistake, this is a game that slipped away horrendously. And if you're in the stands or listening to it on Radio Suffolk, I'm sure Brennan did a good job. It just felt like this is a game that we've, we're winning and we're going to lose. And that's exactly what happened. And I don't care if we're playing West Brom in the Championship or someone down the other end of the Championship or someone at the top end of League One, or Cheltenham, who might be down the, the bottom end of League One. We've seen this story a thousand times before in two different divisions over 20 years, and we knew what was going to happen, and nothing changed. Now, I'm not going to start criticising the players. I'm going to start criticising the manager too much. Don't don't get me wrong. But it does worry me that... This is a get. I wasn't there for Burton, so this is why I'm not speaking for the Burton game. I was there for the Cheltenham game, and all I saw was a team that let a game slip away against supposedly a weaker team in the division. Now, I know it's three games into the division, uh, sorry, into the league, but if this is what we might have to expect, this isn't good, and it's most certainly not the hallmarks of a team that's going to be anywhere near the top end of the division. So I'd like to know what the other three people, and you, Ross, as well, think about that, because I don't want to see that anytime soon in any games going forward. Oh, well, if you're a regular fan, social listener, you'll know Bloomers is very big speeches, but that was, once again, well said. And um, I'm going to open the floor to everyone. Um, go over to you, Brad, first. What's your thoughts on what Bloomers said and um, your, also your takeaways from the game? And then we'll go over to the two marks, um, who, you know, were maybe more positive than, but then it's still early days. But Brad, over to you. Well, um, firstly, to be honest, I'm not having a Liam Richardson comment. Um, not for me. But um, I completely agree about Cook did nothing at 70 minutes. But then again, who did he have on the bench? If he was going to say, right, let's, let's be bastards. Let's just get the ball up. Let's put, he, he didn't really have anyone. Did he? If he had KV White right back all game, He'd have put Danassian on. If he had Burgess on the bench, he'd have put Burgess on. But if, if he, when he turned around on the bench, he had like, I think every player there, I even, we even said it, uh, me and my family, so we watched it and I follow. I, I weren't there because I had worked at four in the morning. But every player on that bench was like five foot ten and under. So who are you going to bring on to sort of be, stand up and be counted? There wasn't a Jason DeVos sitting there, unfortunately. We couldn't go for it at the back. We don't think there was an extra defender, was there? Only Colson. So. Um, but yeah, but still, he still he didn't do anything. Still, he, yeah, you're right, Tom. He didn't um, change tactically at all. Guess he tried to bring Jackson on to try and run him behind, but 
he didn't touch the ball. Um, but yeah, just talking about the game as a whole bit, it turned into a bit of an FA Cup game, I thought. I felt it was like from years gone by where I'd been watching loads of Crown Meadow sort of thing. It was just like the fans made that what it was, that game, didn't they? I, I, this, this sounds ridiculous, but if there's no fans in that ground, I think we win comfortably. That might sound ridiculous, but I think as the long throws were coming, the Viking clap, the, the, just the fans just getting all around the noise. I like celebrating every time I got a throw in, Ben Tozer. It was his comeback game as well, weren't it? Because he didn't play the last two games. And he basically got him up with his long throws last year. Um, and I think just the occasion, letting that lead slip, just took the absolute everything out of us. You could see it straight away, the lack of confidence. We were getting throw-ins from advanced positions and going straight back to the back court. Um, just the confidence, you could, you could see it just draining from the team. And you, you almost felt like they felt like we were feeling like, here we go again. You're right, Bloom, is someone's got to stand up and be counted there. At the minute, I don't think we've... We're, we're not quite a team yet. Like, there's someone has still got to take the game by a stroke of the neck, but I, that'll come, I hope. And I, yeah, I hope we'd have... Well, we should have just seen the, seen the game out of 2-0 anyway with Bond putting the ball in the back of the net, which is just unbelievable. Um, even, yeah, funny, funny thing, the commentary was a bit ahead of my follow, and he said, 2-0 to Ipswich. And... I thought, yes, we're doing a lot, we're doing a lot. And then I realised, actually, the commentary's gone back. My connection's all right again, funny enough, my connection. And he put it wide. I couldn't believe it. Um, but, yeah, some positives from the game. I, like the others have said, the speed we moved the ball, tempo, was fantastic. I mean, we've not moved the ball like that for years. I know we've been playing under Lambert, who we just go sideways and very slowly. But real positive intent. They couldn't live with us. I mean, we were le we were levels above them first half. Um Edwards, what can you say? He's so explosive, and even when he's dribbling with the ball at 100 miles per hour, he's still under control. It's not like the other guy on um, Edwards who, who'd be sort of running with the ball but never really have control of it. I mean, Carl Edwards had complete control of the ball and knew exactly what he was going to do every time he got it. Absolutely outstanding, and I'm going to remember the game for his debut really because I can't wait to watch him Saturday personally. I'm sure many other people can't. And um, yeah, well, and Cameron Burgess, I thought he did really well. I thought he stood up. He did stand up to the to the bombardment, the aerial bombardment. I don't see the statistics, but I feel like he won a hell of a lot of headers every time against his man. And he he's not like a DeVos centre-half, is he? I mean, he's a big bloke, but every header he won, he just timed really well. I didn't ever see him come through the back of his man, like, get out of my way, I'm heading this. It, it just almost seemed like he weren't even jumping at times. He was just sort of the time in his headers. He was putting a foot in before the man could get there. A really intelligent centre-half play, I thought. Um, and if you do get the fridge next to him, who is going to be that tank of a centre-half, I, like, I do like the thought of that. And Burgess, I actually thought, was a bit more cultured than I thought he might be coming from Atkinson. So good times are coming. Good times are coming. I mean... Like I've said, that second half, it just turned into a panto and the game got away from us and it was Cheltenham's night and fair play for Cheltenham. Well done to Michael Duff. They know what they're about. They know what they can do. Uh, we lick our wounds, but we've got to get that first win because if this does go on to be like, oh my God, we can't get a win, we can't get a win, it is going to turn out like Paul Hurst. It's nothing like Paul Hurst, but that team had zero confidence. And if you can't get wins on the board early, you're just going into every game thinking we 
it's just just so much harder for you to do it. Um, just please win Saturdays, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I think many of you are going to be saying that. Um, before I go over to the two marks, I saw Bloom has had his hand up. Um, are you wanting to say anything that Brad pointed out? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass this on to the two marks because I want to hear what they have to say. But, I mean, Brad's saying um, if uh, there was no crowd, he expected us to get the win. I mean, I'm reading between the lines here, but that that means that I think that you're saying if 3,000 Cheltenham fans weren't there, um, the result would have been different. I think you're wildly overestimating the home crowd. And if you are, then what the hell does that say about the Ipswich Town first team? I mean, <laughs> it's not exactly going to be the most aggressive of away grounds, is it, in League One? Let's be honest. Obviously, they're going to be quite... Um, up for it if they get a aggressive throw in because that's how they get their goals and it's not a secret is it i mean yes if you look back on cheltenham's games over the last couple of years even when they played man city in the fa cup how do they get their goal against man city at home in the fa cup they did it for our throw in but these are professional players and i, I think you're being very generous to them and their crowd that they affected the game I think it was just total ineptness from Ipswich, like in the second half. Um, they just seemed to, I don't know whether it was them just sort of um, subconsciously or whether it be what Cook told them to do. But in the second half, everything just kind of went to a standstill. They kind of stood off and let Cheltenham tweak their uh, ideas of getting forward and let us get bullied. I think that was a word that someone used. By the throw in, so um, yeah, I think they're being a bit nice towards Cheltenham, but I'm, I'm interested to see what the other two marks think because I think that's a game where you you say if uh, Brad, if uh, the there was no crowd, we'd win. Well, I, I probably would agree, but also with the crowd there, especially after 60 minutes, that's a game we should have bloody won anyways. So I don't really think they affected it that much. I think it was just our team whether it be by tactics or the players themselves, letting themselves down. But again, the, the two marks, let me know what you think. And also, of course, as we mentioned, if Bond bloody scored, it would have been 2-0 and game done and dusted. But... Yeah, I'm trying not to mention that because I don't want to see that ever again in my life. No, apart, from, no. apart from a Nick Hancock Football Nightmares DVD in 2024. <laughs> Definitely. And we'll, we'll get on to the, the Bond miss. But uh, yeah, the two marks, over to you, Wakers, first. Uh, your thoughts on what Bloomers and Brad's been saying? Well, I agree. I, I think in the second half, we were crying out for somebody to grab the grain by the scruff of the neck and actually give give the team, you know, a dressing down and put it all together. Evans is meant to be the captain. I, I didn't see a great deal of that from him. You know, I like a vocal captain who's got a bit of oomph about him. I would have liked to have seen him just, you know, give a rocket to a few of those boys and said, you know, pull it together, you know, be, you know, come come in tight, you know, hold it together, you know, just... But I, I, I didn't see a great deal, i got to be honest. As for the tactical changes, you're absolutely right. 80th minute, make those substitutions. And Jackson came on. I'm not even sure he had a touch, if I'm honest. You know, I was thinking to myself, we're lacking width here. You know, put Tenassi in at the back, make a back three. He's a fairly big fella. Get Kane Vincent Young, Coulson on, and, and keep the two big lads on up front and, and be direct, get it on the flanks and get the ball in. Um, but by the time the changes were made, the game had slipped away. You know, it, it, it was it was far too late. So yeah, I, I you know I, I I'd love to roll back the years and I've got Terry Butcher back at the back there because he would have you know he would have given some bollockings and you know and, and and really pulled them all together. But I didn't really see anybody like that. I mean, I, I I wouldn't expect that of Burgess. It's his first game, you know. 
but I, I would have expected a little bit more perhaps from Evans and Harper in midfield, who I thought, to be honest, were, were pretty poor second half. They were fairly lacking. You know, I would have liked to have seen them get stuck in and, and dug a few boys out, as Roy Keane would say, and really get hold of that game. You know, even if it meant sticking it into the stand at times and, you know, and, and playing the long ball you know, at, at that stage is, is what we needed, I think. But I didn't see a lot of that. I, I was disappointed in that second half. The midfield, as far as I can see, were, were, were lacking very much. What do you think, Mark? There we go. Yeah, bloody bloody muting. I'm doing it trying to keep me coughing at bay. But um, no, I'm kind of split between the two, really. Um, the crowd, I think, played a, a bit of a part, definitely. Um, that, that being said, I think we didn't defend particularly well against these long throws all night. Um, as Bloomer said, I think the chance in the... Th- the third minute was the bloke who ended up scoring the first goal in the same similar position at the back post. Um, but with regards to the substitutes, I think, as Brad said, he was very limited in what he could do. Um, there's not many players on there, I don't think, that would have changed the tide of the game at that point. Um, I think he probably should have changed the fullbacks because, no disrespect to Danassian, I've never rated him. Um, and I think that really compromised us on the right-hand side. He doesn't get forward enough. Um, and when we were having a lot of possession, we needed the fullbacks a lot higher. And that's maybe where you need a Colson and a KVY on the opposite sides with fresh legs to really get up and outside of their, their uh, winger ahead of them. Um, both goals were poorly, poorly defended. Um, to quote Paul Cook, our defending was not very good. Um, that's the only Paul Cook impression I'm ever doing, by the way. Um, but yeah, um, it's just frustrating. And I think if Bond will go onto the Bond miss, I'm sure, um, as daft as it sounds, that's the one person that if he's going to miss, you probably want to miss because that's going to hurt for an Ipswich Town fan to miss a goal that he probably knew would have won us that game. That's going to hurt. And I think he's put an Instagram post out today. He says he's not going to miss another chance. And I think this might light a fire under him that's going to mean he wants to score every chance that's presented with him now. But no, um, yeah, I'd probably say I'm somewhere between Bloomers and and Brad. It's disappointing. I'm not going to deny that. And I think we did let the game get away. But there's limitations to it. You look, there's no... I know Chaplin's not exactly a big bloke, but he's a high-quality player to bring in. Edmondson, I'm... I'm holding very high hopes for him. I think he's going to be sensational at the back for us and a real good compliment to Burgess, who had an excellent game, I thought. Um, Wes Burns, again, someone with a bit of pace, an alternative to Scott Fraser on the right-hand side, who has been getting a little bit of stick and Cook himself has been getting stick for him not playing in the 10, personally. I think Danassian didn't really help that. If if KVY's there on good form, getting up alongside him, Maybe that's not such a big issue. Um, who else wasn't there? Obviously, Norwood's a, a much better option than Jackson. I think Jackson, God knows, I think there's probably almost every other option up front is equal or better than Caden Jackson. You probably could have put Colson or, or KVY up front and probably seen better output, if I'm b- brutally honest. Um, but yeah, um, it, it is disappointing. I, I, I won't deny that. But there's always there's layers like Shrek, isn't there? There's always, always layers. <laughs> Football games that have layers. 
Yeah. Um, and as and as Blumasaw said, that is, you know, same old Ipswich, really. You just know, like, the photographer, Warren Page, was next to me and he just went, he just turned to me and went, I've seen Colchester do this multiple times against Cheltenham because he's covered Colchester in the past. And every time he's gone there, Colchester had been 1-0 up and they go on to lose the game 2 or 3-1. And he turned around to me when it went 2-1, he went, I told you so. Um, so, yeah, same old Ipswich. Uh, Brad, I saw you put your hand up. Um, over to you. And then we'll get on to Mark... Waker's um, question because he's got a big question that I think will be that will lead the next debate and discussion. But um, Brad, over to you. Yeah, I just want to just just try and back myself up a little bit. Um, basically, them long throws are mentally draining, aren't they? I mean, you guys must have thought it there. Here we go again. Here we go again. And how many went into our box? I, I want to say at least fifteen, at least throughout the game. And it only takes one lack of concentration. For that to happen, I'd, I'd comfortably say we headed away at least 10 of them. I'm sure we did. Bird just got up. We, we did our fair share of them, 100%. But if, if we're feeling it, it's draining. They're feeling it as well. And Cheltenham, with the fans, every single more, every, every one that they get, every another one that they get, they're getting more and more pumped. The centre-halves are coming up. This is it. We're going to do it now. Here we go. And... It just takes a hell of a lot. It takes really big characters. And I don't I'm, <laughs> I don't want to really bring his name up, but Luke Chambers probably is the sort of man who you'd have wanted in that situation to really just rally the troops every time that ball was coming into that box. Not sure, not sure he would have headed it away, but just an absolute leader just to get us by the throat. Um, not, I, I don't want him bad or anything, but... But yeah, I just sort of back myself up on that. And yeah, we've, I agree with Mark that the Nassian did okay, but the opposition you could see very early on in the second half were very happy for the ball to go down our right. They were like, stop Edwards at all costs. That was their mantra. And they were very, very happy every time the ball went to Nassian and try and work it down our right side. So, so yeah, like you say, get a wiener on there. Unfortunately, every right mid that we can play is out injured. But when they do, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, muted, Mike. Yeah. For God's sake, I'm doing what everyone else does. Um, but as I said, um, as I was trying to say before I move my, I'm going to go over to you, Bloomers, first before we go over to you, Wakers, because um, I want Bloomers' just thoughts on what the guys just said. Um, are you happy with what they've said and um, anything else to add before we move on to Mark's big question? Right? <laughs> Wakers' big question. <laughs> Well, look, I, I completely understand that going back to the very, 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 very first point that was said that on our bench, there wasn't the kind of person that might come on and uh, influence game in the old school, sorry, old school kind of way. For those of you that are listening, I just did air quotes. Um, but at the end of the day, these are professional footballers that are not exactly going to Millwall away. Do you know what I mean? It's not exactly a hostile atmosphere. It's not, well, as long as they've been doing what they should have been doing, this is not going to be a surprise to them that suddenly in the 70th minute, uh, children are chucking long balls in the box. Like, it is, do you know what I mean? It's not exactly surprising. I could have told them that at two o'clock in the afternoon when I was in Weatherspoons in Cheltenham. Um, so it, it's not exactly surprising what, was a little bit surprising is the inability from players and or the manager and or the coaching staff to change anything. And all of a sudden, in the 82nd minute, and by the way, 
it was the eighty second. It wasn't like the eighty ninth minute. In the eighty second minute, they scored to make it two one. And for the fifteen minutes or ten minutes afterwards, we we did nothing. I'm trying really hard not to swear here, Ross. We did nothing to like even pretend that we we're going to score a goal to equalise. Pathetic. So um, I don't know. I, I don't. I know it's the third game, so you're not exactly going to get really into detail to try and nitpick stuff, especially because we got rid of 21 players and we signed 16. But I don't think I'm uh, being unreasonable to suggest that that wasn't up to scratch, no matter who it was. And uh, forgive me, because I I don't remember who said it, but talking about the captain and the lack of vocals from the captain, whoever did say that, I completely and utterly agree with you, because, uh, well... I would. I agree. I would also like my captain to be vocal, but uh, you know. Also, if my captain's vocal but doesn't perform on the pitch like he should do, then that's another thing, and I'm not even. Gonna, we're not going to go into that. Um, but I do agree that it was quite telling that there wasn't someone to take the game by the scruff of the neck. And even if the captain isn't that kind of player, they can still use their voice to, you know, try and steer it in a different direction as uh it was quite rightly said we didn't have that so i'm not quite sure really i it, it's a weird one i'm not as much as i can you know the three fine gentlemen here have got very good views and they're, they're certainly well educated and they certainly um aren't um they saw what they saw and they have their beliefs and i completely respect that but i've not heard anything that uh would make me question what i've already said if I'm being perfectly honest. But, uh, hey, there's 43 games to go, and we certainly haven't been relegated or promoted by these three games. It, more, 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 more the latter than the former. But uh... okay. Just quickly, just quickly, Rory Gladwin-Stoke on a Tuesday night. Who could defend those long throws? I just, just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Well, I mean, we if, you had that, if you're going to do, do it by that, that was also two divisions higher than what we are in now. So, yeah, they still did it. They still did it, and we we were by far the better team quality-wise on the pitch. Stoke did what they did, played the throw-ins, would win most games two-one. So, I mean, they, they but, we were, Cheltenham. but we weren't playing Stoke; we were playing Cheltenham. Yeah, but I, I tell you what, his long throw probably near near on par with the laps. I'd say that was seriously dangerous. His long throw it went like somebody just looping the ball in the box. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I look forward to them going up with a hundred points then. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. All right, gentlemen. Um, I want to quote something from you, Bloomers, actually, because I thought it was very, you know, sort of telling um, as a town fan. Um, and this is your tweet, a top tier tweet. All my fo- uh, football sporting life is just watching Itrish Town lose in smaller and less exotic new places, which is very true. I think we've all been to many new places we never thought we'll go to and um, and then lose. Definitely think we'll Accrington back in the FA Cup day and all that sort of stuff. But um, but um, over to you then, Wakers, to do the big question of the week. Um, and I thought it was a very telling question. Some people think, is it too early to even question this? But I thought it's a nice little Little, little debate for us to have and um, everyone's views on it. So take it away, my friend. Okay. Okay. The big question is how long before we can reasonably criticise Paul Cook? Christmas? End of the season? What do we think? Wow. Well, um, I will go over to good old Mark Beck first and then we'll come to you lastly, um, um, 
Wake, Wake, Wakeley, Wakefield, Wakeford. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a nickname for you. We'll, we'll get to that. But I'm um, over to you, Mark Beck. Uh, yeah, your thoughts. Um, I think we're quite a patient fan base as it is. Um, obviously, there's there's a few different people and different views within a fan base. Um, Bloomers as well within his rights to criticise the manager, and I think there is elements that you can criticise the manager for how a game goes. Um, in terms of the bigger picture, of, of, in terms of the season, I think I'll reser- be reserving all my judgments until at least 15, well, I think it's 16 games in, which will be the day before Halloween, which is the Plymouth game. I think there you kind of start to see the story of the season, where this team is heading, whether we may not quite be there yet, but that's probably where we're going to be heading. If it's going to be an upward curve, or God forbid, a downward curve. Um, I think the more interesting thing is how patient the owners are going to be. Um, we know Marcus Evans was a very patient, if not too patient, probably a little bit laissez-faire, to be honest. I think the manager kind of had rule of the roost a lot of the time, especially when sort of Lambert gets a five-year deal out of nowhere. That was a bit of a bit of a ludicrous moment. But, you know, all the managers, but Jim McGilton, um have had a decent amount of time. Oh, well, Paul Hurst didn't really, did he? But... Um, most of them will say had a decent amount of time. Um, I think Mike O'Leary mentioned in one of the, the various interviews he's done with either the club or, or media platforms that, you know, if this event was to happen where we weren't going to get up to the best start, then they wouldn't panic. They realise that this is a process and this is going to be a rebuilding year. And if it doesn't quite happen this year, then so be it. They'll be ready to go again. We've committed to this squad some very good footballers who seem not only committed to the club, but they seem committed to Paul Cook being the manager. All of them have spoke about Paul Cook um, in good length that they're there because they trust the manager. Um, and I think he will get the season. Um, um, but I think, you know, we, we've we got to be careful when we put the pressure on. I think it's a fine balance. It's like a set of scales where it's about being patient before you start to let it slip away. Um, I think 15 games, from my perspective, is fair. That's when you're starting to see things. Um, I certainly won't be calling for his head then, but I'll be looking to see improvement from 15 games onward if we aren't where we expect to be. You're on mute again. God's sake, it's not been my (laughs) night. It's not been my night, Um, but... Well said as ever. Uh, Bloomers, over to you then. You've had a lot to say. Um, now you'll say on Paul Cook and how long would you give him? Um, it's, it's ludicrous really for us to talk about this already, but I thought it was a good question from Wakers. Um, but over to you, my friend. I mean, yeah. I mean, to, to, to start completely, it is a completely ludicrous suggestion to say Paul Cook shouldn't be our manager. Before I say anything else, put that out right now. Just get that clear. I don't want my words to be misconstrued. The trouble is, it's a it's a sixty four thousand dollar question um, to say. Oh, when can we question? Because questioning can be uh, from what I've just said for the Cheltenham game, being like, oh, I think he should made he he should have made a change earlier. To oh, you're useless. Get out of our club. You're an absolutely useless manager. There's such a spectrum there, and um, I personally don't think anyone should be at that far end of the spectrum suggesting that he should leave absolutely not how it's, it's, this makes me sound like a shock jock however however you're more within your rights to suspect that 
you'd like more than one point out of three games against supposedly, and we don't know how the how the, uh, the table is going to end at the end of the season uh, against three of these so-called weaker sides in the division. That being Cheltenham, Morecambe, and Burton. And I can only speak for the Morecambe and Cheltenham games because I, I didn't see the, the Burton game in real life. Um, I was at Bath Racecourse. That was very nice. Shout out to Bath Racecourse. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm questioning the appointment because I'm absolutely not. However, I feel like anybody, even the most I want things now person, who, like, if we win a game, he's the greatest manager in the world. If we lose a game, he should be sacked and never get a management job again. Even that kind of person that's in their snap judgments, even they are allowed to question what's happened so far in three games. However, they, no, absolutely not. It's fine. I've, I've identified two games, uh, being a South London supporting uh, Ipswich fan, I've identified two games in the calendar we play um, Charlton away on the, I think, the 6th of December on Tuesday night. And we play Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon, away in mid-January in 2022. I think those two are rational games to start thinking about how the game, uh, sorry, about how the season's going. Just as, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, Wickham on New Year's Day 2020, Jesus Christ, 2020, um, that was quite a. I don't know what Ross is doing here, but yeah, five year uh, deal day. The five year, oh, just oh, oh Christ, it was, yes, oh, oh goodness, yes, oh. yes, yes, oh. yes, it was, yes. I was in a very, 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 very random, it wasn't the uh famous club that was recommended to uh, Irvish fans on the away days, but I was in a very, very dodgy pub in Wickham when that deal was uh struck, yes, Christ, I remember that now. Um Though January, you're more than welcome because if we're in 17th place or 16th place, by all means, start kicking off. If we're in the top half, maybe see how it goes. If we're in the top six, shut up. <laughs> so, you know, like, I, I think you're more than welcome to have a go at Paul Cook now. But if you start saying that he needs to go, then absolutely not. But it's all a case of um, nuance, which unfortunately, and I... Again, not criticising any Ipswich fan. Nuance isn't something Ipswich Town fans do well. But I'm interested to hear what Brad has to say. Yeah, and um, I don't know if... Have I just noticed this? Have you just put glasses on? Is that mean you're mean business right now? Is it the first time you put glasses on or not? I don't know. Looks like it is. But uh, Brad, over to you. Yeah, the glasses are on. I don't know what that means, but yeah. Basically, I can't see out my left eye. Anyway, um, so... I think that if you don't win one of these next two home games, I think there's going to be louder voices, 100%. I'm not going to start questioning Cook, not not at all, get out there as well. But if you don't win one of these two, I'm not going to say it's from us. I'm going to say it's from people like Mark Ashton, who is going around the pitch, sort of shaking people's hands. And um, I think it's just going to get, it's be a feeling. There's not going to be any questions, but it's going to be a feeling. I mean, Cook is going to know he's really need to win a game, but there's, there's pressure on Cook from the get-go. He's got Mark Ashton above him, who's signed him 16 players, every single one that he wants. Um, he's got rid of all the ones that he wants to get rid of. He's got Bird Bakai, he's got those guys in the States who 
have basically said it's paramount we get promotion this season. They absolutely want promotion. So how long do I give him? I give him at least half a season because I can already see after three games that this team has got serious quality about it. I think there's upgrades all over the pitch. You've got Harper and Evans in midfield who I think are a massive upgrade. I really do. I, I know they didn't they didn't grab the game by the scruff of the neck on Wednesday, Tuesday, but the quality over the pitch, we've bought players from a level above. It's going to take time. But I, th- I think these three games, I know that they're easy-ish games, but they're games that we've played against teams which don't open themselves up. There's a blueprint come coming to how you beat Ipswich Sound, isn't there? And it's to basically make it hard for us. Don't give us any time. Don't be expansive because you might let Carl Edwards run in behind and score a streamer. So I'm going to say something else which is ridiculous. I actually think we'd have fared a little bit better if we'd have played better teams to start with because you'd have had teams coming on to us, leaving gaps in behind. I've not seen one moment yet where I don't think I've actually seen the fullback um, overlap his man on the wing but for, for a single team we've played this season. I'm not, I, I wasn't at Burton, so that may have happened. Um, but it's, it's, it's fast becoming a blueprint to beating us and those teams will treat every game like just a cup final, those smaller teams, no disrespect, but I suppose it is disrespect because I just call them smaller. Um, I'm looking forward to the MK Dons game because it's not in their DNA to to bully people. They are a possession-based side who think they're Barcelona. So I think you will see a, a bit more um, gaps in behind this weekend. So I think our nerves will be settled after this weekend, that's all I say. Okay, now of course we'll end the show looking into the MK Dons game. But uh, over to you, Wakers. You chat the question to the floor and out your time to shine and tell your thoughts on it. Right, okay. Well, in my opinion, I'm hoping that by Christmas, I say Christmas, I mean early December, uh, I expect to see uh, a team with a clear pattern, a clear identity. And I'd like to think I'd have a pretty good idea every Saturday, uh, injuries uh, aside, what the best 11 is going to be and what that team is going to be on a Saturday. I hope we get to that situation and I've got a, you know, a good idea of what I will expect from Ipswich Town on a Saturday or a Tuesday night. Um, at the moment, I've got no idea what the best team is and I don't think Mr Cook has either. But when all those players come back, um, Wes Burns, Chaplin, etc., 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 I'm hoping that by Christmas, the team have a clear identity, a clear pattern of play. I've got a really good idea what the best 11 is. So has Mr Cook. And... Um, you know they're cap- they're playing the kind of football that I think they're capable of, but but doing it consistently. I think if we've got to that stage, um, results aside, you know I, I'm I'm going to be reasonably content um, because I'm fairly patient, like most Ipswich Town fans. If we get to December and we're still faffing around, and you, you know I've got no idea what what the best team is, what the best formation is. You know if if Scott Fraser is still playing on the, on the right of the front three. You know, at that stage, I think I'm 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 going to start asking questions then because I can clearly see that he's not, uh, you know, a right-sided attacking player because he keeps coming in on his left foot, uh, and without a, a fullback to overlap him and, and create that space, you know, it's it, he's running into into trouble all the time. So yeah, that, that's my opinion. Christmas, and I, I I expect to see a clear identity from our Ipswich Town side. Okay then, and um, yeah, listeners, get involved. Let us know on Kings of Anglia on Twitter, and also when this goes out on YouTube, let us know in the comments your thoughts on that. Uh, well, 
Let's get into the game on the weekend. MK Don's coming to town. Of course, got a bit of a relationship with us now because they've got pretty much all the former coaches and former players. Liam Manning in charge. Uh, David Wright, probably one of our last good right backs until Kane Vincent Young came in. He's now a coach there. Uh, Chris Hogg as well. Um, I want to go over to, to Mark Beck first, getting your thoughts on the starting eleven. Uh, MK Don's have started the season off with a win, a draw and a defeat. Uh, they drew 3-3 against Bolton. They uh, lost against Sunderland at home 2-1 and they beat Cholton on Tuesday 2-1. Uh, Troy Parrott has scored in back-to-back games, so he'll be making his return. Of course, Scott Fraser will be playing against his former side as well. Um, the question is, will Scott Fraser finally play as a number 10? What's your lineup, and what do you reckon Paul Cook's going to do? Um, personally, um, I'm not really into this Scott Fraser as number 10 argument really um, I think a point that Mark made it's more about the fullbacks if the fullbacks don't get forward then it doesn't benefit either wide because they're not really wide men they're more they, they play inside and the fullbacks have got to get forward I don't think we've seen that enough from either side and I love KVY you know from the moon, to the moon and back he's a bloody brilliant footballer but he's you, you can tell he's missed two years of football or, or 18 months of football he, he got completely bullied by Lucas Aitkins against Burton Albion. He had him in his back pocket, both coming back and going forward. Um, so we need to see more from KVY. Danassian, I've probably said enough. I'm not into this denaissance that you boys keep going on about. You can leave that back back in the past because um, the renaissance period was a bit naff, wasn't it? Let's be honest. It wore weird stuff, didn't they? So, um but no, um, starting 11, I think it'll be very much the same. Just KVY will come in for Danassian. I think it'll be exactly the same team. I don't think, I think once again, we're beating ourselves. Bloomers has, has said it. I think it's more about mentality and cutting out the mistakes rather than really our own, our own performance. I think the 60 minutes that we saw was probably good enough to win the game. Macaulay Bond, we need to stop saying that. I don't want to see it again, like Bloomers said. Marlon Harewood, Marlon Harewood's miss was far worse, absolutely yeah. far worse. We'll keep bringing that up, shall we? Um, but no, I think the team, I thought it was a very good team for um, from Tuesday night as well. I, I thought that was the right team to play, Danassian coming in for KVY. Um, as much as I've criticised him just a minute ago, he's a bit more physical. Um, maybe should have come off to maybe change the game up a little bit. But... Yeah, as Brad said, I think coming up against a more expensive team, I'm not sure really what to expect. I don't think Liam Manning has been in the management side of things very long. He's been a very good coach and a well-respected coach. I think um, Hutchie was saying he was part of the City group and had been at some quite high-profile academies before getting that, that first manager's job. Was it in, in Belgium, I think it was? Yeah, second tier so, or something like that, yeah. God knows what standard of football that is, really. Um I thought they just do chocolate and, and waffles out that way. But um, no. I'm You're forgetting on, beer there. I? I am forgetting beer, aren't I? I've gone to the wrong part of Belgium, aren't I? And um, Rob Lukaku as well. Yeah, well, he's not really Belgian, is he? But um, no, I, I, I think I've lost my point now. Belgium. <laughs> no, not Belgium. Um, no, I've lost we're it. Not, I've we're lost not playing Belgium, man. <laughs> no, we're not playing those. MK Don's prediction. Um, yes, there we go. Liam Manning, wasn't it? Full circle. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know a lot about Liam Manning. They've obviously gone for a lot of uh, sort of turmoil. Probably Russell Martin built that squad for him. And now Liam Manning's gone. 
Oh, okay. I'm sure he's quite happy because he's got Scott Twine. Not 100% sold on him. A lot of town fans wanted him, but I think that's because he had a good sort of highlight reel rather than what he actually did. Swindon did get relegated. Did they finish bottom? I think they did, didn't they? They were very poor anyway. Uh, um, Troy Parrott only really now started scoring goals. Didn't score for... I think he scored once for us, didn't he? Didn't score for Millwall when he went on loan. So, again, maybe he's found his fit there. Mo Issa... Again, a lot of people bigging him up, but he was fourth choice for Peterborough in the end. If he was that good, he'd still be there. Um, but no, I think, yeah, going back to what Brad said, I think coming up against a more expansive team, this might be a, a better representation of what this team can offer. And yeah, get KVY back in and hopefully we get him back to his best. And yeah, hopefully we're all sitting here next week or, or a new group of fresh faces and we're all smiling and happy and not worrying so much. Of course, I got to get your prediction, my friend. Uh, 2-1 town 2-1 town um, over to you Bloomers um, what are you expecting from this game obviously you want to win uh, what else are you you're hoping for and once again it's going to be a, probably a good packed Portman Road um, fans probably going to their first game if they were if they missed the Morecambe game but it's going to be another exciting um, afternoon at Portman Road but what are you wanting from this game and anything any changes yeah um, I mean as I swear this is a completely clean podcast Ross yeah, go for it. Well, someone said bastard earlier. I've, I've just said it. So okay, good. All right. So okay, so fuck MK Dons. Fuck everything they stand for. They shouldn't be in the league. They're an absolute disgrace. Um, Pete Winkleman is an absolute disgrace. I can't stand the club. I hope they go under. And I obviously now live in South London and live very very close to AFC Wooden. An absolute shining light to the football league. And that absolute disgrace that is AFC. Uh, sorry, that is MK Dons. Shouldn't be anywhere near the EFL. And the fact they are is thanks to absolute uh, uh, an abomination of franchising that thankfully has never caught never will catch on and will be a one and done thing that will never happen in this league um the league above us the league below us or anything else to do with the english football pyramid system again okay now now we've got through that um mk dons are probably quite a good side <laughs> um, uh, uh, i mean as you lot have said liam manning is um a managerial rookie for all of us well unless we've got very very extensive football manager knowledge um which i don't david might but he's not on this podcast so um i don't know what to expect um i only can assume that if you look at MK Dons' managers in the past, when it comes to youth, the likes of Paul Ince, Carl Robinson, um, Russell Martin, all uh, first time, oh, and Roberto Zimateo as well, first time managers getting their break in uh, uh, management, playing what MK would like to be an expansive style of management um, that allows players to flourish, and which is why Scott Fraser did so well last season. So I feel like if, any team can be there to be got at by us, this would be the kind of team, assuming they don't suddenly shut up shop um, against us away from home. I don't think that's going to be the case, but I can't be certain. I do feel like, I, 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 at the end of the day, Scott Fraser should be number 10. I, I, in my personal opinion, Scott Fraser should be number 10 because he's shown that he's a good number 10. He's done well as number 10 and he's... Uh, got the results to prove it as well in terms of assists and goals so i don't understand why you wouldn't play a player in their best position regardless of who else we've got and then they 
You're not signing Scott Fraser for our club to be anything other than number ten, surely, unless you unless you've seen something other than what we've seen. But at, at the end of the day, if you've seen something else, why have you signed him then? Because all his good work has been in that position, so play him there. But but that's that's what I think, and uh, you know, it's just my opinion. I do think that we'll be more successful against them in terms of a even battle than Cheltenham because we're playing at home. Um, they MK won't be the kind of physical side that we saw like Cheltenham. Again, there's no right or wrong way to play in League One. But I feel like we'll have a little bit more success. It should be a bit more of like a, a Morecambe style of game where um, it might be quite open and we might have some success. But... At the end of the day, how can you sit on, again, I don't think any of you have picked an Ipswich win because, you know, uh, you, you're, not, you're not stupid. But how am I going to sit here and say, like, oh, is you going to win on Saturday? How can I do that after four games that we played already? So, you know, I'll, I'll say 1-1. One, one. If we win, I'll be happy. If we lose, I'll, I'll not be happy. If we draw, I'll say I told you so. But I don't know. It, it just, it, it strikes me as... Out of these next two games that are supposedly crucial, again, air quotes there, against uh, MK and AFC Wimbledon, this is the game that's winnable out of everything else. So let's approach that in that way. I've got no idea whether we will or not. But I feel like this is the one where, yeah, come on, let's let's kick on. Let's win 2-0. Let's put all this stupid talk behind us. And uh, let's send MK back to their weird plastic sea. Come on, lads. Love it. Um, so your prediction there is 2-0 or 1-1? I didn't really... Oh, OK. Sorry, 1-1. I, I want to send 2-0, but it's 1-1. OK. Of course, the prediction league is on the line. Currently, James and Daz are in the lead with four points. Uh, Matt, Brad and Dan currently on one point. So, Bloomers, you could get four points here if it's 1-1. But hopefully not. Brad, over to you. What are you thinking? How are you feeling going to this one? I think it's going to be an absolute rip-roarer. I think you're going to have two teams which are going to want to attack and I think there's going to be goals because I don't think either team can defend necessarily very well at the minute. <laughs> so attack might be the best form of defence. But I actually hope that we counter-attack rather than attack because I saw Tuesday night and snippets um, of the highlights of Burton just how devastating we could be on the break, especially with Carl Edwards. I, I think if you... If you are able to soak up pressure from MK, who have gone through a managerial change, let's face it, they're still Russell Martin's side, really. They're still playing five back. They're still playing the same way that he did. They've probably brought Liam Manning in to play exactly the same way because they know that he will because he's got the same ethos as what Russell Martin does. Um, but I think if we, if we just try and be professional about it and not let the emotion get to us again where we start to lose confidence, just really stand up and be counting this one and actually become the more physical side in this one because MK struggle against physical teams. They, they do. Um, against the Charlton, they beat because Charlton are a bit wishy-washy, aren't they? Um, I don't really like Charlton this season by their signings. I don't think I do very well. But I think if, yeah, if, if it'll, be a, it'll be a good game of football and you'll see some quality on the pitch and I think Scott Fraser is bound to score. I do want to see him in a number 10. Because I don't want to see us get an overrun in midfield because MK will play a three in there and they can they are capable of doing that. Um, so I would play Fraser in the middle. 
But then who are you going to play on the right? Because every right wing is injured. I don't know if you bring in if you bring in Barry or Dobra. I mean, there's it's not, it's not really a Carl Edwards to put on the right wing at the minute, is there? Um, I mean, obviously, I'd love Wes Burns or even Connor Chapman to play on that right with Connor cutting in. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, if I go through the team, I think we'll start with Flagley and goal. I think um, Vincent Young will come back in. Um, unless Edmonton is recovered and ready to go, that'll be this, that'll be Wolfenden and, and Burgess. But I do think Colson will start. I think Colson will start. I think Cook wants to get him in pretty quick. Uh, Penny's done well. I think Penny's been okay. Yeah, he lost his man. Yes, he gave away a penalty at Burton, but I've seen enough in his performances to think he's been okay. He's got a nice touch. He scored. He scored a good, a good goal. Um, he's been adequate. I think Colson could add a lot more, personally, um, going forwards, definitely. So I think Colson will start. I think he'll have Harper and Evans midfield, although this could... I'd look, Tom Carroll's way too early for Tom Carroll, but it would be the perfect game for Tom Carroll where it's going to be purely possession-based, I think, at times. Um, and I think Fraser, hopefully, Wes Burns or Connor Chaplin right, and Edwards uh, with pick up front. Um, but I think I think Macaulay bonded well the other night. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too bothered if it was the same team against Cheltenham as long as um, KBY came in. Troy Parrott's bound to score. He scored a good goal the other night. I, I watched that bad. He, he, yeah. Um, no wise, so I agree with Mark on that one. And I agree with I agree um, as well about about Twine. I mean, we've got Fraser, haven't we? Would we rather have Fraser or Twine? Who would MK rather have? They'd probably still rather have Stop Fraser. So I think it's going to be free too. Full of goals. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. And I'd love a win like that to get this season going. Three, two. Ooh, five goals, an absolute thriller. I'll wait and see on that. And um, over to you then, Wakers. Um, your thoughts on this? Um, our town want to get their first win, and um, do you agree with the lads in terms of the starting lineup? Yeah, I'm not a million miles away. We started a lineup. I think the the back four is going to stay the same because I think Wolfenden and Burgess have played together once to put Edmondson in now and to change the back two again. I think would be would be tricky. Um, I think Colson will come in because I think the Cook wants to get him going up and down the flank and I think Vincent Young will come back at right back as well. Midfield two will say the same. I hope that Wes Burns is fit and he'll start on the right side. Edwards on the left. Fraser in behind Piggott. That's what I would start with. If Burns isn't fit, i put Dobber on the right and give him a run out. Um, I actually think that having missed a penalty from uh, somebody who scored was it eight or nine last season, didn't miss a penalty, uh, and missing a, a, an own goal that my grandmother could have scored, I think it's about time that the, the you know, luck is going to turn our way and we're going to get a couple of goals. I think it's going to be one of those Saturdays where we might start off with a fluky goal or an own goal or something. And I think we'll get a bit of momentum. And I predict that we're going to come out with a 3-1 win. And I think Portman Road will be rocking on Saturday. I think it's going to be it's the, the tidal turn. I think we're going to have a little stroke of luck that's, that, that we've missed out on so far because we have been unfortunate in two games. And I think once we get that little nudge of luck with the home support behind us, I think we're going to go on and win comfortably. And I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a good one. Hopefully a sunny okay. afternoon. And uh, yeah, and a convincing win. Hopefully, hopefully. I'm going to be a bit negative. Um, I'm not going for a defeat, do not worry, but I'm going for a Desmond. I love that scoreline. Um, obviously not when town play because we don't really want a point. But I don't know. I think there's going to be goals in it, but I think either side are just going to be it's going to be too close to take them apart. So I'm going to go for 2-2. Bloom has gone for 1-1. Um, four games in, no win. But 
hopefully I'm wrong and hopefully we're right and hopefully we'll be seeing loads of goals. And um, any other business is the next question. And Brad has got his hand up, so he has got other business. Yeah, we've just got to cut out the mistakes, haven't we? I mean, the, the, more, the Morton game was bollocks. I mean, the, the, they haven't scored two goals against us. I still don't feel like they have. They're just two horrendous mistakes to let to let Stockton run through like that and then for Wolfram to do what he did. Um, but, yeah, my other bit of business, Cook is very, very coy on these injuries, isn't he? I mean, we're trying to say about who's going to be right mid. We've got no idea how long Burns, um, Chaplin and Aluko are going to be out for. We've, we've heard from... Uh, the journalists but it's likely hamstring injuries well that can be anything so it's really hard to predict the team and yeah it's what I say a bit about that really because I, I still think it's a it's, it's not a, it's not a manager's duty to let fans know the players into of course it's not but it's nice to know oh god he's out for a while or oh he might be back Saturday sort of thing As, I think Cook has probably been the first manager where he's just so does not want to talk about injuries at all unless it is like a Norwood who's out for months so okay um any other business I've got some few hands up so let's just go all to all of you so Bloomers first then um Mark Beck and then we'll finish with Wakey um Wakey Wake Wake I don't know what I'm trying to say now let's <laughs> go for you the two marks the two marks can go ahead of me because I was just gonna say my stories from the start of the podcast so okay, well, end, end. That, that would be a nice yeah that'd be a nice bookend so the two marks yeah. can go ahead yeah, story time of bloomers. But um, yeah, Mark Beck, over to you, my friend. I didn't really have my hand up. I was just playing with oh. me, me, me flowing locks. But as uh, Brad mentioned, James Norwood, have any of you lads seen his little uh, workout video? Yeah. Where he's, I don't know who he's with, but he's looking like he's having a whale of a time, whatever he's doing. <laughs> if you go on his, it might still be on his story now, but if you find the link to his page, that's a good little chuckle. Bless him. As much as he gets some stick, he does like to have a bit of a laugh at the same time. So yeah, if, if you if you ever down on a day, it's like funny dog and cat videos. Just put that on, and that'll brighten up your day. I weirdly clicked on the the woman's page, and she's got loads of just different videos of her doing that move. And I was just like, it's weirdly. I just kept watching them. I don't know why. They're just very. She had music on. And she was like being very motivational. Um, if you want to get fit, I don't know. She's probably the next personal trainer for you to go for so maybe that's on my... a fitness coach so that is only he's gonna we're gonna hire her as well there we go <laughs> um and over exclusive. to you uh, yeah exclusive there for you uh i don't know her name but she she looked very uh motivational anyway but um wakers over to you and then we'll go to story time with bloomers no other business i'm all good just um bloomers that uh, aston villa game in 2012 was the game that um david mcgoldrick made his debut just signed from coventry he came on in the second half with another large centre-half who they'd signed for somewhere who I can't remember the name of, but never did anything at town. But I remember Ditsy came on in the second half and uh, I, I, I thought he looked a, a, a decent player there, but obviously he went on to have a very good career with us, but that was actually his debut game. He got signed midweek, so yeah. Did Darren Bent, did Darren Bent play that game? Darren think... Bent scored against us. Yeah. Yeah, he did, yeah. He did. Yeah. Paul yeah. Lambert was in charge. I hate to say his name, but he was in charge of um, Aston Villa then. So yeah, move on. Yeah. <laughs> Story time, Bloomers. You no, you won't be moving on because I'm, I was about to say um, I do remember a chant from the away and being "F off, Paul Lambert, you'll always be scum," which kind of went uh, downwards in popularity. 
by about 2018 and they went massively upwards in popularity by about 2021. <laughs> so, <laughs> Also, I do believe, and I might be wrong here, I'm pretty sure Nigel Rio Coca played for us in that game. Yeah. As well. Jesus Christ. He did. Well, as, as, as he was as he was very Absolutely. quickly um, nicknamed in our friend group, Nigel Mediocre. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I, very I, good. Did he shuffle off to America after after that? I think no, I, I can't I can't I can't tell you, but I'm I'm pretty sure this was in the era where we had yeah. Patrick Kiznorbo, who also might have played in that game, uh Paddy Kenny, um uh Nigel Rio Coca, um Michael Chopper who scored in that game and others as well. And I, I tell you what, it would be a if I if I go through that um starting eleven and the subs, that's a very much a, a who's that of footballers in 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 that time frame as well very good times it's my first first year of university i used to live in coventry um so i went to cov uni so i remember going back after christmas and that was literally the first day i was there very good day going back to uh, coventry after which is which is literally 20 minutes on the train um yes but yeah no uh, uh Cheltenham was very good fun because um shout out to rose who was my uh, airbnb host for the tuesday night so uh, being from South London and all my mates being in Bury, I can't stay with anybody when it comes to Cheltenham. And also, um, after Tuesday night's game, there was no train back to London, which is scandalous, by the way, because it's only two hours. So I had to get an Airbnb and uh, I found one in the city centre. So I had a very good time uh, when I got back through uh, this lovely woman's two up, two down terrace property uh in cheltenham spa central it's near the brewery quarter again this means nothing to me if anyone was listening from cheltenham i don't know why you listen to this but that's where it was um and uh yes yeah, so i had to share my single uh bed with rose not, not with rose that's different. that's a different, that's a different <laughs> um i had to share the single single bed with uh and in the house with rose and her six cats so um uh, this is what you get from airbnb and a, and a 25 pound charge so um, I spent my Wednesday morning and afternoon at the Weatherspoons in Cheltenham doing my work for about five hours on my laptop, sitting there with my 99p coffee, free refills, and uh, getting more and more annoyed by the hour, uh, sitting there thinking about what I've just had to go through to go and watch this game, which is where the inspiration for the tweet came from, Ross. And uh, that seems to have taken a life of its own. So um, anybody who thinks about away games... Don't worry, uh, John Watson has a contender for crap away times, even though he's from Doncaster, the poor bugger. Uh, we'll be doing the same going forward all season. And uh, yeah, Let, let's be honest. All I'm doing is thinking about the next time I'm going to watch Ipswich, as we all are, because we're all addicted and stupid. Delete as appropriate. So let's get forward to Saturday. That is the perfect way to end this podcast. It's been a pleasure, boys. Wakers, what a debut. Mark Beck, always good to have you on as ever. Hopefully your cough gets sorted. I'm sure it's going to be make it worse this Saturday on the terraces and the stands at Portman Road. Bloomers, once again, great speeches. And Brad, with the hat, with the glasses and all that jazz. It's always good to have you on the podcast as ever. Hope everyone's enjoyed listening. And of course, support for the podcast is by Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com to get 20% off and free delivery. Uh, that is manscaped.com. Uh, we'll be back next week to, of course, cover the MK Dons win. 
Hopefully I haven't jinxed it. And um, yeah, stay tuned. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Kings of Angle on all the socials, on YouTube and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I've been Ross and we'll be back next week. Bye-bye for now. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.